Night has fallen on the desert, but it's about time. It's about time and place. This place is called Wonder Valley. As you always hear people saying, I wonder what I'm doing out here. Sometimes you're just driving up Amboy Road, thinking about joining the Marines again. thing that's keeping you from the few, the few and the proud, is that last minute right turn on Amboy Road. And I wonder what's this way instead. Well, there's meth shacks, heart attacks, water tanks and rattlesnakes, TV antennas, Reaching up into the bone-dry sky Like the arms of Joshua With the cinder block walls tumbling down And you think Maybe I should have just joined the Marines back in town I could cash my VA check and Go in the garage and start up the old wreck. Take the back way to Vegas. El Camino del Desierto. With La Migra hiding up at the Vista Point. Ready to haul your ass away if you're hungry enough to need a job. stash across the two lane because there's not much to do there at night so you wait for the rumble and you wait for the light but when it's almost too late when the car's almost there that's when you run if you don't make it there's plenty more of you yourself parked on the side of the road parked haphazardly in the sand and the broken beer bottles and the cigarette butts and you're kind of stunned and amazed stomping through the sagebrush because there's a light up on the ridge and now it's just behind the ridge so it's out of sight now you are going out of your mind. All alone in the desert night. Just you and them. Where the gods lie waiting for moments like that.
This is Desert Oracle Radio. That's red, blue, black, silver over there. This is Desert Oracle Radio, and I'm your host, Ken Lane. Tonight we are delighted to have Kid Congo Powers on the line from Tucson. He's an all-time great in rock and roll and possessed of a singular guitar style that sounds just like being on a desert highway in the middle of the night, trying to outrun God or the devil, or both. With the Gun Club and the Cramps, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and the Pink Monkey Birds, Kid Congo has made some of the best records of the past half century and made one of my very favorites from 2021. The 14 minute long He Walked In. You can pre order his memoir, Some New Kind of Kick, which will be out in October. Welcome to the program, Kid Congo Powers. Thanks. How are you doing, Ken? Uh, I'm good. I'm getting ready for the hot weather, which means I'm not going to go out in daytime anymore. Uh, I, I'm right with you. We're already in the hundreds here. Good Lord. When, yeah, when, does, it, when does it get comfortable to, to go out? Again, when will I leave the house again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the time of day or the year? Time of year, day, year. You know, it's. Uh, well, I'm usually up early. I have cats that wake me up at the crack of dawn, and then, and I t- actually, because I I live in the desert, and there are so many coyotes and javelina and whatnots running around. I actually only let my cats out if they're on a leash. Oh. And so I walk my cats and I try to do that before it gets too hot. But that now they're in this, um, they're very insistent on waking me up 5 30, 6 o'clock. But for here, that is good because uh, by 9, nine o'clock, you want to go back inside. Oh, yeah. And cats on a leash. All right. If I if I see somebody <laughs> walking uh, cats on a leash in Tucson, I'll I'll honk and wave. Exactly. Uh, th- this track you did, he walked in, is uh, really hypnotic and beautiful. And there's this video, uh, this one long shot of you walking and dancing through the Sonoran Desert. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, the song the song we had made. Uh, right before the pandemic and and it was released during the pandemic and we were going to make a video for it and I wanted to really um, well first utilize being here but also it was in the in the major part it was in the summer when you don't want to be out walking around for 14 minutes <laughs> um, and I, I had seen these films by a um, filmmaker named David Fenster and he had actually befriended my partner, uh, Ryan, uh, at the uh, MOCA, the Contemporary Art Museum of Tucson. And he had been a res- doing a residency there and he showed his films. And, and I really loved his films. And they had a lot to do with nature, people, spirit world, uh, ghosts that inhabit nature, in- inanimate objects and um, psychic phenomenon, things of that sort. And he ended up moving here, and his wife moved here. And I just said, this is the guy to make a video. 
And so we had discussed it. We had these ideas to do all these like millions of shots and, you know, like a series of images and, and a big, long thing. And then David saw what a, a video I did that was just, I had just stuck a camera out of a train window <laughs> going from the Metro North, from New, from New Haven to New York. And he said, why don't we do something like that? Because, you know, you we're living in the desert. It's locked down. There will be no one around. And the scenery will do the work and it will fit this song, which was about a visitation from another time, another realm. I had a dream about the um, singer of the gun club, Jeffrey Lee Pierce, who was a band I was in. And he was a great friend of mine. And actually, you mentioned my book. There's a major uh, portion of that dedicated to our um, friendship and relationship. So he said, why don't we just do a long shot and just do one on the, it's a couple images, but let's just do this. You know, he suggested the uh, walking through the desert because the desert is gorgeous for one thing. And there was a time there were some wildfires had been going on in the Northwest in Los Angeles, actually. And so the air had a certain uh, glow to it. And we were we were out in the in the desert up near the Star Pass is the area, and that was you know well all, all of Arizona, but uh, you know all of America was native land, but it is not more apparent there because yeah. of gorgeousness and the feeling of being out in the open, and so we went to a um, a campground which we knew would be deserted because no one was traveling at that point and shot that in, in the day in the evening and and it was kind of uh, not a lot of narrative going on and it just fit the song so well and it gave room it gave room and it gave a big outdoor feel to the song and to the images in the song and, and the subject of, of, of a visitation from another world, another plane um, of a friend, because I had had this dream and, and it was so visceral that when I woke up, I was like, that that was something that just really happened. I felt it, I tasted it. I, I, uh, I felt like, oh, I, that was a real visit from Jeffrey Lee Pierce. I was like, that was, not just another dream. And so I wrote down this, scribbled down some text really quickly, just not to lose it. And, and we made a song and, and uh, that just seemed to fit really well. We were making an EP, we knew it was gonna be a full album. So Larry Hardy at In The Red Records, he puts out my records, said, well, why don't you do one of your, you know, really uh, long songs, like, you know, a four minute song, a five minute song. <laughs> and so we made the song, we're like, oh yeah, we can do that, you know, five to seven minutes. And then when we finished the song, we asked the engineer, how long was that? He said, 14 minutes. <laughs> and so we were so lost in the song, we had no idea about the time or what what was going on. Oh, that's wild. And it's it's uh, it's got this wonderful sound that's uh, just ideal for driving on the mm. desert highway. I used to live next to Eric Burden and Joshua Tree. And... It reminded me a little bit towards the end there of some of those long, weird tracks that he did with War, you know, that sort of Chicano rock, 
mixed mm. with English R and B and everything. Um, yeah, well, that, I, I, that that you mentioned that that it was a huge influence, you know, and a huge, uh, you know, war. I love war and the Eric Burden and war stuff, you know, to mix like that, like you said, it was a mix of those uh, styles of, of R&B, Chicano rock, and psychedelia, and psychedelic imagery. And I felt that that was a, some kind of parallel. We didn't set out to make a spill the wine or, or, or sky pilot or anything, but we, but we, when when we made it, I was like, oh, that is very much, we were definitely influenced by Eric Burden more on this. it was probably Instagram or something when you all moved to Arizona I guess it's been a couple of years now what what prompted that move and how has it been out there yeah well it was prompted by a couple of things that, that uh, again part, my partner Ryan has family here so we've been coming to Tucson I've been with Ryan since what 2005 so like every Christmas time I've been coming to Tucson and spending a week 10 days whatever and I really really loved the feeling of it I loved the sky I loved that Tucson was not a big town it's a a small town a small city seemed much more doable you know we had come from New York and DC and uh, and it was uh it was just time for a major change and I really want to I said I want to be I want to see a big sky oh you get that there and yeah I got it and I said I want to be somewhere warm from not the east coast anymore but I got that here too <laughs> uh, but so it was a, a thing of family I think and, and it was a, a desire for reinvention and space although you've been dead Quite some time. You walked into my room. You walked into my mind. A memory lodged in my brain. Put me on a plane to visit you. Tucson has a really dreamy quality to it. Like I said, uh, reservations, the Pascal Yaqui and the uh, Tahona Odom people, it, it 100% has a magic to it. Yeah. And yeah. you're you're out hiking and exploring and you're, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you're doing the full Arizona experience. Yeah, well, I, that's just, I said, big sky, nature, again, things the opposite of any big city. I'm really looking forward to your book, both because I love punk rock biographies and autobiographies, 
I'm curious about all these aspects of your life as a musician, as this uh, underground fashion icon, uh, the work you did with ACT UP, the direct action for people with AIDS as a Chicano artist, etc. Do you see a consistent thread through your life or or did you see it after writing the book? I have, have sort of seen it, but after writing the book, I definitely saw it. When when all these uh, disparate stories were pulled together and made into one story, then I saw it. I finished it well, during the pandemic. You know, I was able to have that reflection to uh, put it t- together and work with. Actually, the uh, co-writer, the editor, co-writer, Chris Campion lives in Joshua Tree. He's a, a Brit in, in uh, Joshua Tree. So I've been working a lot uh, for years. We've been working on t- together on it. You know, he was kind of a sounding board for me when I started. And then when I was able to pick an editor, I was like, this is who I want. And I met him when he was living in, in London or Berlin. But it, coincidentally, he ended up in the desert. We all end up in the desert. I saw you had a concert in Las Vegas. I think, what, about a week ago, you were playing with The Damned. How is that? What's the audience like these days? Well, it's a mixture of, of young, very young and very old, um, my age. And um, it was it was a real mixture. It was jam-packed. They are the classic band. They are, were the first punk rock band to come to the United States from the British punk scene. I saw them in 1977 in L.A., the Starwood. And Dave Vanian has been a friend uh, and a, he was a fan of, of the Cramps and the Gun Club. Actually ended up married to Patricia Morrison, who was in the Gun Club. So, <laughs> it, uh, it, yeah, it all comes back together. It all, yeah, yes, all roads lead to, we were just asked to do it and to do a show. And of course I wanted to do it uh, because of friends and I love the band and, and been a longtime fan and they are yeah they were they were great great as, as ever you know and, and they I've been through all their changes with them and styles and uh, types of music and they're quite psychedelic at times um, and that's my favorite kind of thing uh, we're about the the live experience we're about the live rock band weaving magic more than the technological aspects of it weaving the magic you know and we use older equipment and and vintage equipment uh, you know i'm not saying that's any that's better but i also that's just the way i know how to work and that's what i best and i i like you know that i'm that magic that is created between people and the alchemy you know it's all about the alchemy of people the audience and sounds instruments uh it can be one drum and a one string guitar and you can still make magic if you wanted to if you tried hard enough that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for some magical experience in music because that's what music does for me and that's the kind of music that i love and i've grown up with and i like the clashing of uh styles being mixed also which i consider 
alchemy, mixing musics together. You know, I, I mean, the Cramps, a very great example of that, mixing psychedelic with rockabilly and with punk attitude. Or, and you see that that's a dime a dozen these days. But when the Cramps first came out in the late 70s, it was miraculous what they were doing. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was a frightening and, and hilarious and all of these things. And that goes for the Ramones, that goes for Patti Smith, it goes for many, many groups like at that time. And But that was it, was like the unexpected uh, mixture of styles that created one style. And, you know, the cramps, I saw them when they were, I saw them at CBGB and, um, and in LA when they would come and play the small clubs. And uh, when they played, it was like either a riot or an orgy was gonna happen. Yeah. You know, it was gonna break out. And that was just the reaction. Poison Ivy has often said, you know, it's about rhythm. If you have rhythm and drum beat and, and, and rhythms and lots of rhythm guitar, and you know, you just keep that churning, turning, churning, you know, and that's a make the sexual energy, you know. Bo Diddley, a great example. I had a very good learning from the best, really, you know, uh, fortune, good fortune. Wow, what a what a world to to be in to, to make you a professional artist. Yeah. And uh, they were all people with very strong vision and very strong ethics not to compromise that. People ask, what did I learn? And that's what I learned is, yeah, don't pander. <laughs> don't pander. Stay with the vision. Although you've been dead for quite some years, it's lovely to see my friend. segment was called Great One in ancient Egypt and New Republic Egypt. If you went to the Temple of Segment somewhere on the Nile in the time of the pharaohs, you'd be treated very well. Thousands of people attended these festivals with much drinking of beer and wine, and they also had this mushroom brew for one of the days, like a lot of the mystery religions. To, to broaden people's horizons after a, a busy work week. And because Sekhmet is the goddess of intoxication, once you were resting comfortably on the, the porch of drunkenness, this is a real place. You can visit it today. In Egypt, I mean, it, there's a porch of drunkenness, right? The musicians would arrive once everybody had been ritually drinking for a good half a day. And they start to pass out on, on the porch of, of drunkenness. So these musicians would come in these lines with the drummers at the rear. And people would kind of come out of their uh, reverie and become alert as this entire mobile orchestra was circling them. 
awful uh, segment, the goddess of war with the head of a lioness, a goddess of healing who spared her people from the plague, but would send it in heavy waves upon her enemies, called the mistress of dread, a segment whose hot breath created the desert itself who people of Egypt and people today called with the simple words, Great One. So the priestesses would chant out her prayer as she became one with the priestesses and with the drummers and the celebrants. And this is the prayer to segment. I am she who cometh forth. I am yesterday and I am the seer of millions of years. I am the power of the divine judge. I dwell in the East. I am the Lady of Eternity, the Unveiled One. My name is created to defy all evil. I am the flame that shineth in the sanctuary. I am Sekhmet. For 5,000 years, Sekhmet has been worshipped on this planet. That's when she's first known, first appearing in, what was it, 2930 B.C., nearly 5,000 years ago in Upper Egypt. Worshipped in her great temples up and down the river cities until her worship was slowly phased out with the Coptic Christians and then the followers of Allah. Although well into the first millennium, the cult was still active. It was just in private. But now is her time. And these are the days of Sekhmet. If she, as promised, destroys with the fire... That makes all land as desert. When she drinks the Nile, when she covers the land with blood. So you can understand why people would prefer to be uh, a little intoxicated before they had to hear all of that. Thank you all for coming out here tonight and listening to to our 2022 first show, I think. Uh, thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver and all Summer's Eve Desert Rendezvous for inviting us. From Amboy to Zizek's and right between them both right here in Wonder Valley. This is Desert Oracle Radio. Coming to you tonight from the Palms on Amboy Road. Red, blue, black, silver is wholly responsible for the soundscapes heard on this program. And as we did not bring our pack of coyotes due to zoning regulations and the health department, etc., as we say farewell for now, uh, if anybody wants to throw in their own coyote house, we can kind of fake it. 
Oh, you made them proud. They're in the car. Thanks a lot, everybody. Good night from the Voice of the Dead. <laughs>